0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Always fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained.
1: It's Roycey Unchained, but it's actually a reunion today.
0: Yeah, it's Mackie. It's
1: Royce and Mackie.
0: What was the official name of our show? Royce and Mackie? Is that what we ended up
1: with? I'd like to tell people it was Mackie and Roycey some days.
0: (laughs) But, uh... Well, you know, the one thing we had going for us was that uh, we had two last names. And ever since then, we've had it very confusing because you guys have been Judd Mackey and Mackey and Judd. And, uh
1: well, we've had some nicknames in there. We, yes. we had a fun at one point. <laughs> yeah,
0: we had a fun. He's made a comeback, by the way. He has. He's, Good uh, for him. At, uh, at another uh, at another local station, which is hiring a lot of alma maters from various places, too. So. Yeah. What an eventful weekend uh the uh twinks uh, uh you know there's the big stories probably the vikings and uh and the gophers, but uh the twins losing Paneta so why is it
1: always here's what I never understand about about the the and this is a sixty game suspension because instead of eighty they gave him sixty because, because they found they some believe,
0: evidence they believe that it was it. Or they they think there's a case that it was he was actually using it for weight loss instead of a masking yeah. agent. Okay, but which is great, but they like can't w- be sure
1: about. But that. why is it always? You're, it, these guys are multimillionaires with all the resources <laughs> in the world, and it's always like, oh, yeah, my cousin had some yeah, pills. Right, my cousin Lenny me. over here.
0: Yeah, I said that on Twitter. I said thanks to Panera. The next time some guy walks up to me and say, "Hey Tubby, take a few of these,
1: and you'll look like." Pictures have been putting stuff on their hands and right. Yeah, and. And no one ever, unless a unless a nail file falls out of your pocket, yeah. or unless you've got a glob on your neck, yes. nobody ever says anything. And he was the
0: idiot who had a glob on his neck with the Yankees. Yeah, so, you, unless you take your hat off by accident and it sticks to your hands or hand or something. Yeah, it's uh, it it is uh, really uh, weird because uh, you know he was the guy you wanted pitching game one of the playoffs. Yes. Be, not only because he's been pitching better, but I think he has the attitude. I, I, I worry about Jose's uh, nerves going into the game, and this mm-hmm. guy is pretty much nonplussed. Well, he knew it was coming and came in and talked to us Friday night. So how long, after did, the game? How long do you think he – because that, that process plays oh, out for weeks, Weeks, right? weeks, yeah. And uh, allegedly – I know when Polanco got suspended in 2018 in spring training, the Twins insisted they didn't find out till the morning that the announcement was made because how I understand it is they notify the Players Association and say, you know, the MLB drug testing, whatever it is, notifies the Players Association that this player... Has been popped, and then that generally they call the the agent who then breaks the news to the player. And I think Pineda Rocco. No, I didn't. I wasn't there when Rocco was talking about it Saturday morning, but uh, or Saturday afternoon. But Rocco made it sound like he knew it was coming. So Pineda might have went in and told him that this was coming. But if the player doesn't, I don't think Polanco told anybody and uh, while the appeal process was going on. So the team, everybody thinks, ah, the team knew, you know, why didn't they get a pitcher on July 31st? They knew this was coming. It's not, uh, they did not know it was coming, and nobody knew it was coming, and, uh, you know. But these things do also, Phil, I think, carry on for weeks, so.
1: Well, I think, and he had he had a few more swings and misses in his last one, but nothing that would make you feel good about running him out there as a as a twice in one series starter against the Astros or the Yankees or somebody. And now, not only does does Pineda get taken off for the rest of the season, I think it eliminates
0: re-signing him too. I might re-sign him if I believe him. I gotta believe him. I I gotta believe that. It was a masking agent instead of a, you know, there's also the possibility, they said, well, okay, you don't feel that great. Take this, and if you get caught, we'll say you were doing it for weight or something. You know, there's also a possibility that it's, you know, it's not. So it's got to be whether you believe that it was innocent, you know, just dumb thinking or... If it was contrived. So. Yeah,
1: and there's so many examples of... Well, Melky Cabrera is the best one, where uh-huh. his career was kind of at a crossroads yes. six or seven years ago. He takes something. He serves an 80-game suspension and gets booted from, I think, the mm-hmm. Giants' playoff roster and then signs a two-year, $18 million yes. contract. Anyway, so if you can still make $20 million by taking
0: something, I guess... Well, I you know, we hate to get ethnic about this, but baseball has a situation that other teams don't they have 30 percent of their workforce is from the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and Puerto Rico and stuff but these people are out of their control for five months a year right and they have buddies and they have friends and they have there's stuff going on that baseball can't monitor like the NFL monitors their players and, and things like that. And generally speaking, what are they popping? 75% of the guys they are popping are from the Dominican yeah. or Venezuela or something. So Yeah.
1: it's I think I just think, too, if – and I, again, I now I'm generalizing, but if you come from – and I don't know anything about Pineda's yeah. background other yeah. than just where he's from. I don't know how much if, money he got to sign or anything. If so. you grew up and you grew up with no money and yeah. – and so, and and somebody, either a handler or a, a pill, some pu- mm-hmm. pill pusher, yeah. says, "Hey, if you take this, you can put two commas inside yeah. your yes. your paycheck number and change your family's life."
0: Well, so. you you knew Polanco a little bit, night you know, much on the surface, much brighter kid than mm-hmm. Miguel who we grew up with, and you know. No trouble, no anything. And when he got popped last year, I was absolutely shocked. He would have been the, he would have been the, one of the last guys in that clubhouse that I would have, uh, that I would have uh, uh, applied
1: that to. Well, and, and actually, uh, if we can assume that he's not on anything now, that he didn't go back to the well, he turned into a three hundred hitter even yes. after taking well, something. He, so. know,
0: he was the the twins when they signed those three guys, as, as you you know Kepler, Sanoa, and him. For big money, they always said this kid can this is this guy can hit you know whether they can find out a place but anyway it's uh uh I was talking to Manny and uh I think it really it, baseball had does have an unpredictable quality to it, but there's really it was difficult to see a scenario where the twins would make the World Series with Houston and the Yankees in their way, uh not necessarily in that order and But now I think it's impossible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think if you wouldn't have lost Pineda,
0: yeah, you could beat the Yankees.
1: And and now it's it's. I mean Byron Buxton, you know, he's not going to be. And and by the way, we're recording this before we might get news on him. But let's assume he's out for the season. He's going to have surgery that labrum, apparently. (laughs) That uh, that to me puts a whole different expectation on the next month. And it's too bad because assuming the Yankees the Yankees are only seven home runs behind the Twins, as we sit here right now, but the Twins have the best power-hitting team we've ever seen, and mm-hmm. it's going to wind up that injuries and Jose Barrios' ineffectiveness yes. don't give them the chance that they probably should have had.
0: Here's one thing, is a lot of people say, ah, the American League's weak, including your partner. Uh, it might be weak at the bottom, but now it's a rare year when you got the Yankees in Houston. When you got two teams that good, yeah. And in the new playoff system, you got to play both of them. Yes, you yeah. know you got to beat both of them. You got to beat one three out of five, and the other one four out of seven. Good. The wear and tear. The tw- when the Twins won those two World Series, they could do it with three starters. You can't do it with three starters since you added that extra round. You need four. Yeah. Do- or you got to figure out something whether you're going to use an opener or whatever you are. You got to. You cannot the 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 wear on on starting pitchers if like one of the series goes four and the other goes six and then you get the World Series is is phenomenal compared to what it used to be. So right now they only have in terms of known
1: starting pitchers under contract for next year. Odorizzi's not under contract. No. Gibson's not. Pineda's not. You know that Barrios is under contract. And then there's any number of like Gratterall might be a starter next yeah. year. But how do you, how do you, let's just, let's say it's a, it's a fun season and they lose in the first round and now they've got to go back to a drawing board with the starting pitching. I
0: think they Where bring you Rizzi back. I think they bring him back before they bring Gibby back. Uh, I agree. You know, and I think they, they might, they might give Pineda 10 and, and then he only gets, uh, what, seven and a half or something like that because he loses almost a quarter of the season. Uh, but maybe not, as I say, I don't know. But yeah, they got a, they got Odo Rizzi and Barrios, and they well, probably Martin Martin Perez. Will they pick up his option? They probably pick up his option. As mediocre as he's been, yeah.
1: And also, uh going to probably. Spend more time thinking about how to reconstruct the Red Sox now that Dave Dombrowski got fired, <laughs> and the Red Sox are going. I did see our guy Doogie on Twitter, and right, uh, he, he said going he will around. absolutely be a name to watch for the Red Sox. Oh, and sure, because he's are. a New England guy, right? He is.
0: He yeah. is. Now, I don't think he's. I don't think he claims to have been a Red Sox fan, though. But uh, I think he's a happy fella here, don't you? Yeah, I and, wouldn't worry about losing him. And we'll think about whoever
1: takes that. Dave Dombrowski. Won a World Series less than a year ago. 108 games. And they're
0: 10 games, you know,
1: yeah. they're not going to make the playoffs, but it's not a disaster. They're like, no. They're going to finish with like 86 wins or something, and he just got fired. So. Well,
0: uh, now you, uh, you almost introduced me to the concept of analytics when we were together. Uh, doing, you know, because you were in on it early. It's gotten a little more elaborate <laughs> since, uh, yeah. since we were coming up with war. We got war minus zero 015 plus now, but, I think, and this is just my guess, that they're a mad at him because he signed Chris Sale for 150 million dollars when there was they should have waited. But B, you know, they're really out over their skis on a lot of contracts. But C, I bet he wasn't all. I bet he was accepting of analytics, but not all in. Not not like this runs the organization. Yeah. and I gotta think that they got a bunch of young 35-year-old guys with the iPads running around there saying Dave isn't listening to us that that would just be my guess
1: but Dave also this is where I mean now I'm now I'm defending I mean there's to say that Dave Dombrowski is not one of the best baseball executives yeah. of the last 20 years there's still value and I think we've almost come full circle for so when you and I started doing Racy and Mackey almost 10 years ago now the the war behind the scenes was who can collect the most interesting and helpful information. Mm-hmm. Like, can you collect something that another team's not collecting? And and twenty years ago, the Oakland A's were collecting on base percentage when other teams mm-hmm. didn't care as much about it. Yeah. Right now, I think everyone has all the information. Everyone has. I mean, everyone. Go, you go into a to one of these second swing uh, golf centers, and any average Joe can walk in and test their golf swing and spin rates and distance and everything, like they're do- minor league teams are doing that for hitters and pitchers. So information has reached, I think, its well, peak and, point.
0: And, and so much of it now is physiological. You yes. Know, you know, make your body, you know, the Twins, we still haven't, anybody had not written about it, but they got the skeleton cameras out there and hanging from the second deck where they – trace the skeletal movements of all the pitchers. Yeah. You know, they, they take away all the flesh and the muscle and they only see the skeletons. And that's one reason, by the way, we have a hundred, three, two counts every game. Cause everybody's trying to use their skeleton to movements. I feel to like Devin Smelter took pitch. it too literally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To make the perfect pitch. But it's, uh, uh, who was telling me? Oh, uh, Laurel Preeb, Bud Seelig, son-in-law, who's still working for MLB, he was in town. Former Twins traveling secretary, good friend of ours. He was telling me the Dodgers are remodeling, and they really they did the new visitors clubhouse. But the old visitors clubhouse was a decent sized room. It is now twenty-five guys, men and in there. That whole room is like, do not. Top secret, it's like the war room. Do yeah. not come in here and they're all doing various, yeah. you know. Well, the the, the Tampa Bay Rays, there's a, a, there's a book
1: called The Extra 2% that was written about the first eight years of the Tampa Bay, or the yeah. first ten years of the Tampa Bay Rays. And they were a dumpster fire. Oh,
0: God, they were terrible.
1: And then all of a sudden the switch flipped in 2008 and they went to the World Series. And the book talks about... They would pluck, and actually the, the Twins hired one of these guys, uh, Josh Kulk. Oh, oh from yeah, the Rays. Josh Kulk, yeah. So they, the Rays hired Josh Kulk like 10 or 12 years ago, and he ran a PitchFX blog on the internet. They hired him. They said, shut down your blog. Don't tell anybody what you're doing yeah. or where you're working, and we won't even list you in the media guide. But to bring this full circle, what I was going to say is... I almost think now because it, there's everyone's got access to all the same information and the information gathering. But has they this all defeat. don't
0: believe that they're all. They all looking for. Randy Bush told me Theo Epstein's theory, and he, he's the source of all of this. Get guys from Harvard because they're Yale because we might win the World Series. Was to get a two percent advantage. He didn't think he was going to out brainpower everybody. He just wanted fifty two percent. Yeah, and, you know, he just wanted that two percent edge, and he he knew that you couldn't outsmart everybody. But I think I almost think the
1: two percent edge is the ability to communicate to another human. Here is what you should do when you yeah. trade for Justin Verlander, yes. and and you have someone in your front office to your coaching staff, or not like now Justin Verlander is that guy on the team. When Garrett Cole comes over, Justin Verlander goes to Garrett yeah. Cole and says, "Okay, listen to this." this. Or Ryan Presley, yeah. if you can get to those guys on a human level and say, "All right." Here's all this wackadoo information that these nerds have put together. Here's why you can make extra money. Here's why you can win a Cy Young award. Listen to them.
0: Uh, yeah, I it, it uh I I do think they're gonna over having an overkill. You know, I mean, it's just okay. You know, this is, but it, it nobody has been able to write the how did the twins do this. And what are they doing? What is going into that? Because, as you say, that's secret stuff. They don't want Josh Galk. These guys, these guys with the iPads, I don't know any of them. I haven't introduced any of them. You get it, You happen to get on the elevator with them at Target Field. They don't say hello. No,
1: no eye contact. They don't,
0: they don't want. No, I am not kidding you. There's no. They're afraid you'll try to engage them in conversation <laughs> and ask them, "What do you do?" In fairness, judge, they don't even judge, want, judge like that on elevators yeah, too. But they don't even want you to answer the question, "What do you do?" You know, it's a, it's yeah. an incredible thing.
1: Well, think about this. I know, and I, I know people have continued to play the card of, "Well, wow, the baseballs are juiced and all these things." Okay. The baseballs are deuced, but the Twins are still hitting more home runs than any other team in baseball. They've gone from 103 losses, right, two yeah. years ago? Was it two years ago I'm pulling this up? No, 16.
0: Uh, 60. Three years
1: ago. Yeah. So 2016, they went from 103 losses to now they're going to win 98 or 100 games and have the best power-hitting team in baseball history. I feel like that warrants a book of some kind at some point. Yes. I mean, that's that's amazing.
0: Oh, it is. It's incredible. By, you asked me this a month ago on the show on your show and i what where does this rank is in 59 years of twins history is a shock and i told you it's number two i said number one is 87 when the team went 29 and 52 on the road and won the world series you know that that team could possibly do that but this is this and and i also told you at that time they were 76 and 48 and if you asked me okay March 23rd, you got two choices. Are they going to be 76 and 48 or 48 and 76? I would have said 48 and 76. Yeah. So it's it is it's astounding and also okay. The ball is juice. So what's that mean? Ten feet? Does that mean ten feet? Because not it's not fifty it's not, feet. Not that yeah. fifty feet. <laughs> so you know if it means ten feet, it would have cost Nelson Cruz three home runs. Yeah. You know because. <laughs> He hit three in Chicago, and the shorty was 431. Yeah, and Mitch Garver. you can, so Mitch Garver's yeah. probably been the the biggest beneficiary yes. of whatever the yes. Twins are serving people behind the scenes. And not many of those would have been called back. The no. one to right field the other day might have been. Yeah, But uh, he is one of the most phenomenal stories in Twins history. Yeah, I mean, top five. Mm-hmm. Top five. 29. 28 as a catcher. I did a thing today uh, for the Star Tribune. Earl Bat—he broke Earl Batty's record. Earl started 142 games as catcher in 1963 when he hit 26 home runs and he had 502 at bats and 570 or 80. Garver's basically got half that. Yeah. Now the ball's juiced, but the ball's juiced and the ball's hard, uh, harder. But I, you know, to me, and I wrote this and is. This plan of having two catchers is phenomenal. That you get these guys, they're—I mean, there's never Garver got beat up there. A little, I mean, missed what was a concussion or what? He uh, he went off the helmet. Or he what? got dinged. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, he missed ten days, but only because of that. But every time you see him or Castro, they look ready and ready to go. Yeah, they're ne- they're like, never not not limping around with sore collarbones, right?
1: Never, think about how many games Joe Mauer went out and was like fifty-five yeah. percent, right? Yes, you're never getting. You're, they're never running Garver out there at fifty percent. He's no, he's man.
0: out there at ninety percent. Yeah, and I talked to Rocco about this yesterday, and I said, now if he ends up hitting thirty-five home runs, and driving in eighty, do you do you bleep can this system next year? And just put him behind and the plate. And he said, you know, and let him catch hundred games. He says. Maybe not. He says this has worked so well. He says yeah. I like this. He says I like the fresh catcher. Yeah. And Ostadio started 15 games as a catcher too. Yeah. Did you see him uh,
1: the other day? <laughs> ground on the third base line. <laughs> oh, sprints great. up to it. Stops.
0: Turns around. Walks. Walks, walks it back. on it. He looked like Herbie. <laughs> he looked like Herbie falling. I remember. Everybody remembers Herbie throwing Gann off the base. But there was also one about a year later where a guy was coming trying to dive back and Herbie just like belly flopped on the guy and kept him like three feet from the base and then tagged him. I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember writing a column that he was the undefeated world heavyweight champion of first-base wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but this He reminds me of Herbie, except Herbie had some more grace than that. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: you want to talk some Mike Zimmer when we come back here? Let's take a quick break and talk Mike Zimmer and the Vikings first game of the season, which probably uh, that's probably about as perfect of a scenario as Mike Zimmer could have <laughs> dreamt up. Royce Unchained, Mackie in for Judd. It's a Royce and Mackie reunion. Alright, welcome back. It's Royce Unchained and uh, Phil Mackie in for Judd Zolged this week, so it's officially a Royce and Mackie reunion. And if Mike Zimmer presented you, Patrick, <laughs> with his, his seven-month offseason stewing checklist of yes. things that drove him crazy about last year's team and the things that he wanted different, I think all of those checklist items were uh, accomplished in week 1 against the Falcons.
0: He uh I I don't want to say what what his state of arousal might have been when he looked at the final stat sheet and saw they'd thrown 10 passes but it had to be the <laughs> had to be the highlight of his life. And uh, I think the uh, the the shocker is that uh this this offensive line uh which everyone's been so concerned about and may still be concerned about if they ever actually have to protect the passer. But uh, didn't take the uh, new offensive line coach uh, Dennison along to teach these guys how to block for the run. huh?
1: No. Well, and then you have. I mean, there
0: were some there were some avenues for Cook, yeah. Cook to run through.
1: And I, I've, I said this on VentLine the other day with uh, with Manny. The only thing when I watched Alvin Cook, this is just purely an eye test thing, when I watched Alvin Cook, the only thing preventing him from being on the same level as as what Le'Veon Bell has been the last four or five years is availability. Yeah. If he if he was a guy that you knew would be on the field for fifteen or sixteen games, I think you'd talk about him in the same Top tier as other running men it's
0: going to help him stay healthy if he never gets hit too uh, yeah, yeah exactly. he didn't get hit uh he didn't get hit but i i didn't get to see a lot of the game. I was at the twins game, and I was actually Pat Donnelly was sitting next to me giving me updates, and i 'd look over and look at his little uh thing once in a while to see a play but uh yeah it, the stats are hilarious, and i like uh I love cousins uh Saying after the game, anything to do to win. You gotta know he went home and you gotta know home and he went home and says, This is BS, man. I didn't come here to throw ten passes. Even Dan Tony, you let me throw more passes than this, and he had Le'Veon Bell <laughs> yeah. for a good. I did.
1: I did see Cousins made mention that it kind of felt like a Pee Wee football game, <laughs> yeah. where it's you run to the right, you run to the left. But I'm not sure we needed to do anything else. So you're, is, you're not beating the Packers that way. Is but. there
0: anything to take out of it that uh, basically? I mean, they were great, obviously, but Atlanta also handed it to them, right? Where you get you get a punt blocked right over right off the bat, and then yeah. turn it over three more times. Well, I, here's my main takeaway. Now, this is going to sound like BS, but somewhere back in my Twitter feed, I was lauding Anthony Harris in his rookie year because I'd read some stuff about, you know, what they thought of him at Virginia Tech, right? Where was the what or West Virginia? I can't remember one of those. Anyway, I read some stuff, and then I watched him. He was undrafted, right? Or was yes. He, yeah, he was undrafted, undrafted. yeah. And how somebody's saying he was the best of the undrafted players and the whole thing. Yeah. why did it take so long? why did it <laughs> take years? so long to play him until the middle of... He started playing in the middle of last year when Sandejo got hurt. Yeah. Why didn't well, it he, take so long?
1: Sandejo, uh, he, he's basically been the backup for Sandejo or, or Harrison Smith for but three years But he didn't get on right? the field a lot. I bet he didn't...
0: He, uh, he, had, he had a he stretch wasn't...
1: a few years... His first splash, he had a stretch where he started, I want to say, for a month or two, and then he kind of went off the radar for a while. Is that I a
0: record? 3 turnovers accumulated by one guy in one game for the Vikings? Yeah, didn't he recover fumble and two interceptions, yeah. right? Also he had all three of them. And the only I don't
1: know how how if they're going to replicate this all season, but Mike Zimmer for 15 or 20 years has been one of the great defensive minds, mm-hmm. one of the great defensive systems and schemers and and with the Vikings what's he been your 5 years, they've had a number 1 defense and a bunch of top 5 defenses and they're but the nitpick would be they don't really generate turnovers. They don't. They're yeah. not a big interception yeah. team. Yep. It's more of a yardage and red zone defense. Yes, if right. they can, if and it's one week, if they can add turnovers to the already steady system that
0: he has. But not only does he get the run the ball the whole game, not only does he get the turnovers, but the first play of the game basically bar comes you yeah. know, everybody says, Why don't they let Barr rush the quarterback? And he rushes the quarterback and gets a sack. Was right that, a, off was the that
1: just a bleep you to everybody? Like, yeah.
0: You want you want him to be unleashed?
1: Okay. First play of the game. First now, play of
0: the season. So did they let him rush I didn't watch enough of yeah. this. Did they let him rush the passer all day long or I mean I don't
1: have really? like the, the pass rush but, snap but counts in front let of me. Him but, come. Yeah. They I mean it was like off the edge, first play of the game. Yeah. And that's another hilarious thing in that I think the biggest question when they brought Anthony Barr back was, "Hey, you can pay him fourteen million dollars only if he rushes the passer, right?" Not. In- I think
0: I think the Falcons are a good example of what happens when you have the Super Bowl one blow it in the second half. They've never recovered. Yeah, they've never recovered. They were looking like they were supposed to be a good, young, fairly younger team. They stink.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, I, mean- I, I still think. I mean, week one is so hard to gauge. Yeah, week yeah. one is is just a. Well, look at, actually, my favorite, quick aside, my favorite thing that happened in Week 1, the Cleveland Browns getting smoked by the Tennessee Titans. <sighs> well, no kidding. They, they haven't done anything for 30 years. And all of a sudden, you get a couple, you get some momentum, you almost finished five hundred last year, and you're talking
0: Super Bowl. Pu- beat the Titans but in that's, Week 1. That's pump those, the brakes. That's 100% the Browns fans. And plus, they hired some guy named Freddie Kitchen, who looks <laughs> like he spends all his time in the kitchen. He does. Looks like just a schlump. Jealous. And, uh... <laughs> Here's the deal. The, you know, the Indians were here yesterday. And we all have lived through – Data Wessel and I have had an ongoing joke about on Twitter every time we see one team in a town congratulating the other team on their success, yeah, yeah. We, tw- we tweet it to each other. We send it to each other because it's absolute BS. They all hate each other and they all root against each other. Yeah. Every time the Vikings win a game, the Twins are mad. Okay, and vice versa. Yeah. The fact that the Twins are in contention this year irritates the Vikings because they don't get 100% of the attention. Yeah. So they hate each other. But the Indians guys sitting behind me were pretty well out front about it, and we were making... Like from the Indians or the media guys? Uh, some guys that work for the... Young guys that work for the Indians. Okay. Yeah. We're... Cause I was cracking jokes about the brownies and they were all howling and (laughs) and you could tell they loved it because you know they've been to the World Series, they've won three straight division titles. They're they're with all the uh, ailments they had this year and the roster cutting they did, they've had another good year. And everybody's talks all they talk about that town's the Browns. So they. Justifiably hate them, so they're all very happy. Listen,
1: they're... I get like you're born into fandom, and uh, if you're if your parents were Browns fans, yes, and you're going to be my, a brand but team. but if they if they've been that bad for thirty years, who are the idiots that have been lighting money on fire? For tra- I've yeah. always said I'm okay with bandwagon fandom, yeah. Especially if your
0: town has options. If your Here's town has a, options, don't let your money. Somebody on fire. mentioned that the Lions, but he said just like the Lions fans. No, I have been in Detroit often enough. Lions fans. Expect them to stink. They they expect their team to be bad. Yes. And the Browns they would never hype themselves up, you know, up like this. They, you know, they just they go to the game expecting to watch the Lions get their ass kicked, yeah. or do something stupid, which apparently they did. To oh my gosh, it was beautiful. A tie, uh, create a tie with this dummy Patricia uh, Patricia or whatever it is. Yeah. On on the sideline, but the Browns fans since they got the team back, I'm not. Sure, I don't know if they were that way with the old Browns, the overly optimistic. But every little grasp of of if they win a game in December, they're going to win the Super Bowl yeah. the next year. They're always that way. <laughs> uh, the uh,
1: Derek Anderson throws
0: for 400 yards in the game. Yeah, I was there for Elway. You know, into the win, 98 yards and. In the old ballpark, down by the lake, blow wind blowing off the lake, kind of a cold, miserable day, and they would have you leave the press box if you were going to the locker room, and go down and make your way through the seats, and then they had these like little like three or four step from the wall uh, that uh, you know that the fans sat behind down to the field, and it was icy and stuff, and I and I slipped and fell on my Fat rump and the drunk bears they were screaming because they were going to the Super Bowl and there was <laughs> you mean... <everybody?"> so <clears throat> of course when rich Carlos kicks the field goal to win it to where uh, they lose uh, how you doing over there how you doing are <laughs> you are you still as happy as you were a, a half hour ago you dummies so uh, okay we're
1: brown we're Brown's fans. How would you rank Browns fans, the old dog pound Browns fans, compared to the current Bills mafia? I I, I have not
0: been in the new stadium, but you got to, you know, in Cleveland. But you got to realize that this was a miserable dump, so that added to the drunken. You know, uncomfortable. Yeah, they were they were nuts. There yeah. was no doubt about it. And they drew 80,000. And they still thought Otto Graham was going to come walking back on the field and take <laughs> him to the championship, you know. so
1: um, Antonio Brown. I love it. Patriots. I love it.
0: Where's he going to play? I watched him last night. Yeah. What's, you know, that Demetrius Thomas. Isn't that the guy that used to De, be? Yeah,
1: Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. He was, he was Peyton Manning's guy in, in, in uh, Denver. Denver. For, yeah.
0: He's not going to get on the field. No, it's amazing. Why did they get this guy?
1: Well, Antonio Brown's better than all of them. I mean, yes, he's the best yeah, wide receiver true. in the NFL.
0: Well, Gordon is damn close. Yeah. You see him last night. They couldn't tackle him. Yeah, it's.
1: I love a- it. I love it. It's. 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 I was on. A, I was on a plane uh, coming back from Washington D.C. on Saturday uh, while this news was breaking, and all the guys. It, once we landed, it was like all the guys in our little corridor were buzzing about this, and all of us agreed. How long is it going to take? Five hours or five days? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's going to the everybody Patriots.
0: Everybody said that he's going to the Patriots, yeah. and, and it uh, happened within like an hour too. But Mayock, you, okay, the guy posts your letter on Instagram. Just shut up. Yeah. That's okay. That's fine. You know, you send him the letter. You sent it to him. That's you know he didn't he didn't say anything that wasn't said in the letter. But then Mayock. Turns it into that, and I feel like, uh, and Gruden, this idea that Gruden was laughing at the Instagram post was, was, uh, it, you know what we're going to have? We're going to have an NFL tampering investigation. Yes. The well, the this Raiders, clearly was a conversation. Mayock is going to uh, Mayock is going to uh, try to get the NFL to give him some give him back their draft choices.
1: This was at first. Like, There's a couple weeks ago. I thought, okay, is he? Is this m- mental instability? What is it? Now that the whole picture is clear, this is, and by the way, he's friends with Jimmy Butler. This oh, is yeah. the Jimmy Butler school of, <laughs> that's right. I don't want to play here. And by the way, they are, I, wa-
0: I was traded here in the first place. I didn't ask to The only one play missing here. is Rachel Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down there. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it is. It really is. And, uh, you know, the the Raiders are just... Uh, he wanted apparently to get traded to New England, and uh, yeah, and they wouldn't trade him there because they, you know, so they were, and they, that was back in the spring when the, the initial going to good. The NFL is mad enough at the Patriots uh, for dominating, but Brady, how about Brady? Forty-two. By the it way, did you, did you see it? Like he looks like he's thirty-one still. I know it's he's be, he's Benjamin Button. It is. It's unbelievable that you know you got a good-looking girlfriend. He's got a good-looking wife. How About come you don't look young? How come you're aging? I need to eat more kale? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's <laughs> it. Or, or sleep
1: in a hyperbaric chamber? That's right. do you, okay, do you think, just for fun, let's say the Vikings had, had instead of the Patriots, if, if the Vikings had signed Antonio Brown, train wreck factor 10? Or do you think they would have figured it out? Do you think the Vikings' culture think, is one?
0: I don't think that they have... The one thing Belichick has going for him is he's an authority figure. I don't think this team has the authority figure. I mean, they have Zim, but he doesn't have that kind of credibility. Credibility right? he doesn't have that style. And now they're this just guy, cousins. this guy, I've come one eighty on him. On who's, who's Zim? Belichick. Oh, I thought he was the ordinaryest, but he's a he's the best coach or manager. Of any sport in my lifetime. Wow. I think. And you know when he proved it to me last year? He's standing there in the sun for that first playoff game, and he's in Foxborough, and he's got no headset on, and he's putting his hand above his eyes into the glaring sun. And get, who are they playing, Paul? Who are they playing? The it's first, a regular season? No, the first playoff game last year. Oh, at, man. At uh, Chargers? Yeah, might have, have been the been, Chargers? Might have been. And he's sitting there like this, and you say he can't see anything. He sees everything. Yeah, he sees everything. Offense, defense. All of a sudden, they run like nine straight times. Yes. you know, and then they stopped the run, and then he. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a genius. Yeah, both sides of the ball, genius. And I and I think
1: there's something you know if Antonio Brown joins any other team, and the head coach can come in and say, "Now listen, this is the way we do yes, things. Yeah, this is he, the way the Indianapolis Colts do yes, things. Yeah, this and, is the way
0: Antonio say." This is the way I do things. Yeah. But,
1: but Bill Belichick is the only guy that can say, this is the way we win more yes. than one handful yes. of championship yes. rings. Yes. There's yes. also a report that Tom Brady offered for Antonio Brown to stay at
0: his house until he finds a place in New England somewhere. Wow. I'm a Brady, nobody, I'll say one thing about Brady, anything you say about him, that son of a gun likes to win. He wants to win. Yeah.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So, all right, one more segment,
1: Royce Unchained. It's Phil Mackey in for Judd A Royce and Mackey reunion here. All right, welcome back. It's Royce Unchained. Uh, Judd is out this week because Judd's doing nine hours of Vikings radio <laughs> this week. So Phil Mackey in for a Royce and Mackey reunion. And you know me, I've got I've oars got that are now attached yes. to my car. I'm rowing the boat more than anyone at Score North. I fell asleep in the third quarter. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: I fell asleep. Well, I uh, just got to it and turned it on and saw the the overtime, uh, the regulation touchdown by their third receiver, Altman somebody, which was great. And then I saw the overtime. And uh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. uh, came over and made a great play. And last year he beat him, too. But let me say this. When I hear that. You know, when the uh, the current uh, group of Gopher fans, the Gopher hole crowd, and those people, Tracy Clays had to be fired because he came out and defended ten rapists. Yeah, you know, Uh one of the ten who was among those unfairly linked to it mm-hmm. won a ball game for you. When the, so let's not keep throwing out the word, the figure 10, okay? Unless you want to say Winfield, who got absolutely hosed in the whole deal, yeah. along with several other guys, uh, you know, at least five of them and maybe more were not involved in uh, that took place. So let's not keep throwing out that. So he, uh,
1: here's my question off off that. So unfairly accused was... was Drug through the mud. His yes. name was out there. Uh, his father, Antoine Winfield Sr., was mm-hmm. in the media not too happy. And now after we've watched Antoine Winfield Jr. play, and it's very obvious he's he's very good. I don't know what his NFL prospects are like. Why did he stay?
0: That's uh, very good. I don't know. They must have thought that, you know, maybe Pleck did re-recruit re- re- him because originally they were going to go look at some schools. Yeah. And Antoine Senior was extremely upset. So I don't know. Maybe Fleck did a good job re recruiting him, but obviously he would have actually, if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, he'd be done, right? Isn't uh, he Like he, fifth year, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. sixth year. And uh, and they, you know, I know it's funny is they they talk about him as ball hawking, but his dad. You know, he'd had a few interceptions, but his dad was a tackler. Yes. That's what his old man was. His
1: he dad was, was like, a safety and a cornerback's yeah. skill set and body, right? His
0: dad was so good that Ohio State played here one day against the Gophers, the old man. And and they won. Shock. I wrote a column on this little guy who made eighteen tackles. Yeah. Antoine Winfrey. He was huh. you know, how often do you is a tackler stand out to you so much that you say that's the story of the game? Yeah, usually, w- so
1: good. Usually, when you make eighteen tackles, it's because your your defense gave no, up five hundred yards. At, you know?
0: minus two. It was <laughs> right. he was fabulous, and this kid's really good. I think their defense is shaky, though, don't you?
1: Well, it's, I, I'm trying to think of a outside of, of like a, outside of a Tracy Clay's year or two. It's almost always shaky. Well, the first half of so Last I've been watching.
0: Year, Go,
1: they were un- unwatchable the, yeah. until they made the change of coordinator. Yeah. I've been watching Go for Football. I, I wasn't. I was alive during the uh, Nebraska debacle, the Pete Najarian mm. Lou Holtz game. <laughs> but so, I, but my my Go for Football defensive memory goes back to uh, like 1991 or to Jim Wacker. Last the first half of last year's the worst go for defense I saw. Yeah. in well, my life.
0: You know what? Well, you didn't see wacky. You didn't see the best of wacky, but it was close. Yeah. But uh, you know the funny thing is when Mason came here, but the first, you know they were bad. And but the, the defense, you know, we were writing stories about this. Improved, well, Tyrone Carter. Yeah, we were writing stories about this improved defense, and then the last. Three four years they couldn't cover anybody. Yeah, they were you know if it was third and twelve somebody just ran down and caught a twenty yard pass. Yeah, so. uh, that Purdue game
1: before the season started, you look and say oh, okay at Purdue that could be kind of a feisty game. That should be a win now, I think. Well,
0: Purdue lost to Nevada, which lost to Oregon seventy seven to six. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it didn't, and then Purdue had to fight mightily to beat somebody last week. Yeah, well yeah. I I think so they the Gophers have. Two NFL
1: receivers, possibly on their yes. offense right now. They've got a bunch of decent running backs. Um, I don't know, but Tanner Morgan's. Uh, I think he's mediocre. Yeah, yeah. He's but a,
0: he's a you know he's. They, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Michigan. They get no, this Purdue no, game. They, they should win. Yeah, they, they should do. win nine games. It's, still, it's good. I don't know. Like Maryland's a big game. Mm-hmm. I mean, can they? Maryland comes here, right?
1: Uh, I uh, is Rutgers here? I get the Rutgers Maryland road I home mix up.
0: Rutgers, which is what you'd like. Yeah, and Maryland... That's a team you can beat on the road, for sure. Yes. Okay.
1: But I don't think... I I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you should let the first two games being close lower your expectations bar.
0: You know, Fresno's a good win. Yeah, they went toe-to-toe with USC. First one is... That's one of the best teams in FCS, but they weren't ready to play offensively in that game, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So... And that team, South Dakota State, has some good offensive players.
1: Yeah. Uh, have you since you and I last talked about PJ Flack? Is he still? Uh, is he still in your your toilet? Have you come around at all on I PJ Flack?
0: Uh, I was I uh, was kind of saying okay. I wouldn't say I'd come around, but I was trying to be neutral, trying to be okay. And then I read the Batman story, <laughs> and I said, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm well, back. explain explain the Batman story. He's trying to uh, use Batman as a role model for his players and giving them very various little Batman trinkets for yeah. accomplishments. What do you mean? It's, yeah. Batman's yeah. one of the most resourceful I don't heroes. Think, I don't think the University of Minnesota should allow in students who think, Batman is a role model that's uh, that's. Uh, I, I, I don't think they should what about the
1: that. Joker we got that movie coming Joker, out
0: yes who's playing the Joker
1: Joaquin Phoenix oh he
0: doesn't even need makeup no <laughs> he doesn't have makeup for like half the no. movie who played him uh, the, the dead guy the guy who died uh, uh, Heath, Heath Ledger Heath Ledger played him yeah. he was he I was would... creep. he was creepy man he was creepy
1: and it, it was a it was a different uh, production <laughs> style and direction style I still put Jack Nicholson, nineteen eighty nine now? You gotta go back to eighty nine, the Michael Keaton Batman. I put yeah. I put his joke in him. You
0: one. know what? The uh Heath Ledger though, uh, was uh I mean Joaquin Phoenix is the greatest troller in the history of mankind. remember when he came on the the show and Letterman, Letterman yeah, show, yeah. and it was all a shtick.
1: I'm sorry you couldn't be here tonight. It
0: was always a <laughs> shtick. It was all a shtick about he was going to become a rapper and stuff. It was all just BS. Yeah. He was just having fun. Genius. I, I think he's uh, he's uh, he's one of my heroes because of that trolling yeah. he did. All right, that's Royce Unchained. That's it. We didn't really get off on a rant. Uh, we forgot to uh, get off on a rant. Or it was kind of positive path today, mostly.
1: Positive Pat, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to be positive about here. Oh, yeah. Antonio yes. Brown and yeah, Michael uh, America. Michael not one
0: of them. Okay.
1: No. All right, Royce Unchained. I'm Phil Mackey. That was your Royce and Mackey reunion. Thanks for listening.
0: Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952. 925 5608 and set up your 48 minute no obligation consultation. Call 952 925 5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, at 952 925 5608. Investment Advisor Services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.